Oh, and just like that, we're on to episode 10 of Air Power Podcast. We're still at Titusville here. We're in a room filled with even more Warbird pilots than yesterday. So naturally, the laptop comes out. Naturally, the microphones come out. And here we are. Uh, we're with a dear friend of mine. We're with Doug tonight. He's, he's here we're here with Kavanaugh Flight Museum, and he's brought a, a, a smorgasbord of aircraft. And they have a wonderful, wonderful lineup of aircraft in Texas. We're going to bring him on here in just a second. But uh, for those of you coming out and, and seeing the show this weekend or even progressing on to Sun and Fun in a couple weeks, uh, you'll see a lot of their aircraft there. You'll see Class of 45 there. And uh, it's going to be an outstanding Warbird lineup at Sun and Fun. But without further ado, the reason why you guys are, are tuning in is to not necessarily hear my voice, but let's bring Doug on here. Doug, thanks for coming on tonight. Hey, it's glad just, to be here. Thanks. Yeah, it's, always, it's always a pleasure. Uh, you know, uh, start by what, what aircraft did you did you bring to uh, Sun and, or to uh, Titusville here with us? Yeah, well, we brought the uh, Sky Raider, the uh, A1H. Which it really has a great history. That that Sky Raider, and, and you've seen Sky Raiders around before, but it's really unique because it flew the last uh, combat sortie of a Sky Raider in Vietnam. That actual now that's, aircraft. That's unique. You don't see a whole lot of actual combat vets still right. flying, and and we'll get into it here in a second. But you guys in your museum have quite a bit of combat vets. We do of aircraft, we and so do. you got the Sky Raider here, and you brought some some T twenty eights as well. Yeah, correct? a couple of T twenty eights we brought. Uh, we're we're getting ready for Sun and Fun, so we're kind of getting set up for that. I, I was going to bring our O two down mainly just for transportation I and see. to get it down here, you know, um, weather and all that ended up airlining down. Yeah, but, uh, I hear, and that's, I noticed there was a really. Really pretty, pretty army painted King Air here today too, and that's yeah, also yeah, that's part a of your ute. collection. That's a ute. Yeah, that's that part is, of the collection. That is yeah. really cool. So it's an army A ninety King Air. For those of you that aren't familiar with it, it's a three bladed version of the the uh, the world famous King Air that you see flying around, and it 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 too was a an army vet. If it I remember, was right. Yep. So hauling um, general and brass and all that around. That's pretty time, cool. So that's yeah. pretty cool. So. Uh, some of your headline aircraft that you have in your museum, there's, there, I mean, there's just a ton of them. But we, like you guys have some to air, really... 80 airplanes or maybe a little bit overall together, including all our statics. We fly 25 to 30 of them. And you guys are located in Addison, Texas. Addison, Texas, which is a suburb of Dallas. Very cool. And, uh, yeah, we, you know, we just passed in, in back in October. It was our 25th year. Congratulations. So, yeah, That's thanks. something else. Yeah, and I started there at that time. And I was the director of maintenance, a pilot also, but uh, then eventually became the director of the museum. So, so, so then for someone that is that is in your position, how did how did you get your start, in, in especially in this crazy warbird industry? Well, do you want to talk about that or how I got in all in, <laughs> into aviation? So. Uh, let's start in aviation, and then we'll transition okay. into warbirds. So I had a funny story. Went off to college, got homesick, came home. Uh, didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, and uh, I used to work at an air conditioning place. Okay. Somebody said, hey, why don't you go you know, learn how to work on air conditioners? I was a helper. So I looked up in the yellow pages. This is in San Antonio for air conditioning trade schools. And they had this place called uh, Braniff Systems. I didn't know what the hell that was. And so I called them up and said, hey, I want to go to your air conditioning school. And they said, we don't have an air conditioning school. I said, yes, yeah, it's right here, AC maintenance. Said, that's aircraft <laughs> maintenance. I went. Well, that sounds interesting. That sounds like a lot of fun. Now, is this like Braniff, like the airline Braniff? Braniff Airline, yeah. I'll be doggone. So that's how I started out. I went to work for Braniff. Well, actually, they weren't hiring at the time. Went in the Air Force, you know, blah, 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 right at the end of Vietnam. Okay. I, I never went over. You know, okay. I was a era vet, I guess, but uh, never actually went Well, thank anywhere. you very much for your service. Oh, thank you. you, absolutely, you, you absolutely. helped maintain history, yep, that's for and sure. My dad was the Air Force and, and also, go. and my son now is a 130 pilot in uh, Dias. How about He's that? He's the XO of the squadron there. That's very and, cool. Uh, he's doing really well. 
But uh, anyway, so, you know, got involved that way, started doing maintenance on airplanes for fun. Uh, went went down to Harlingen one year and, you know, with the CAF, joined up and swore in, had uh, Tennessee, Tennessee Ernie Ford swore me in. Oh, my goodness. So How about cool that? Back in the day. So one of the original founders that was, swore yep, you in. Absolutely. So, so. so there you go, folks. Another yeah. guy that started out in, in volunteering in Warbirds. Yep, so. yep. So that's how I started out. And then... Uh, I just started working on airplanes for fun. Uh, Braniff went out of business, and I thought, well, why don't I just keep doing this? So I uh, eventually started my own shop and was restoring okay. uh, Cubs, Stearmans, things like that, playing around with them. Uh, then eventually got an offer to go work for the CAF. I was vice president director of maintenance for them for a couple of years. And then uh, Mr. Cavanaugh was starting up his museum, and somebody told him about me, and he had me come out and interview and the rest is history, I guess. That's, that's pretty neat. So now you also fly just about everything in Kavanaugh's collection. Yeah, I fly so. most of it, yep. And, and so, uh, I mean, you guys have headline fighters. You have the Corsair, you have a Mustang, you have a, uh, one of my personal favorites, a Caribou. Caribou, uh, yep. Which you don't see very many no, of. No, no, that's the only one flying right now. That is that is pretty doggone cool. You, know? yep. uh, you have a Mohawk, which, of course, I'm... I'm I'm very fond of. Oh, I love uh, the Mohawk. Now, we, we haven't been flying it for a while. We yeah. can't fly everything, so we just <laughs> try course. to, you know. Of course. You know, when you have that many airplanes, it's it's really tough to especially stay current in all of them. Right. So That's a, uh, that's a big deal. You want, we want to stay current. You want to be comfortable with them. So. And so, you know, one of, the, one of the reoccurring things that we we like to talk about on, on the podcast is how, how folks can get involved in Warbirds because, right. I mean, it's the draw. Everybody, everybody loves fighters. Everybody loves bombers. Uh, they love the uniqueness of it. Does Kavanaugh have the opportunity for somebody that's interested to do something, work on them, take bugs off of them, uh, anything? Absolutely, absolutely. So there we, you go, we have a great volunteer group. Um, we, we several different things, you know, tours, cleaning, you know, whatever you want to say. We have a group that comes in every Tuesday and Thursday and does some restoration work. We, they have a stearman they've been working on for you know, a few neat. years. It, it, we're hoping to have it ready for uh, Oshkosh. We think we cool. will. We'll look forward to seeing yeah, that. Yeah, it'll be great. Um, and just a, a great, great bunch of guys. Excellent. And, and you know, of course, right now everybody's looking for mechanics. So we're, we're you know, throw a little ad out there. Hey, you know, if you're interested in working on warbirds or whatever, and you got some Addison, Texas. I know we have Addison, a lot Texas. of we have a lot of listeners in the Midwest, and we, we are looking right now. Excellent, but, excellent. Uh, so, I mean, you guys are going to have a strong presence at, at Sun and Fun. You guys always have a massive presence at Oshkosh, too, right, right in the Warbird right. area. If you guys come to the Fighter Corral where the Mustangs are, they are on that entire uh, northern edge of the of the Mustang Corral up there. You can't miss it. Big Kavanaugh sign. You guys usually have your you guys usually have your P forty up there. You guys have a bunch of other things. Yeah, P fifty one is usually there. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, it, and it always varies on what we're going to take. I think this year we're going to take. Uh, either C forty seven or C seven caribou. Very cool. And then uh, yeah, some caribou action. Yeah, the the A one's going to be there. Cool. So doing heritage and all. Yep. So we'll we'll have a good turnout again. Probably a couple of T twenty eights. We're really there. looking forward to it. Now out yeah. of all the now out of all of Kavanaugh's collection that you're flying, there's got to be one that you're you're sweet on. There's there got to be one that you you really you know, look forward to flying. It's kind of. You know, it changes, obviously. It changes <laughs> a lot. Sure. Um, so uh, the Mohawk is really a fun airplane to fly. Yep. That is an incredible airplane, and we're not flying it right now. Uh, the Sky Raider, yep. I love that. You know, you're going to talk to Mark in a little bit. When Mark yeah, first flew that, I said, I said, you're going to throw rocks at that Mustang. <laughs> oh, no, that, that just can't be. I said, no, Everybody you, wait, you wait till you get out of that Sky Raider. You'll throw rocks at everything else because that's an awesome, awesome airplane. A lot of fun. But uh, last year, uh, this time, we uh, picked up a Huey, 
and uh, that's kind of my favorite right now. Now, now what, what model that. Huey do you guys it's have? It's an H model. It's an H model, and okay. it's a combat veteran again from Vietnam. It's got a Very good, great cool. history. Got shot down once, sent back to Bell, got rebuilt, and sent back that? to Vietnam. And How about and, that? Uh, yeah, it's got a great history to the it. The Air Cavalry, that is just, that's a that's a whole, that's a whole uh, another we were talking to, to Graham last night about, about Army Aviation uh, right. Foundation. And, you know, they're doing a good job. You guys were flying with them this, this weekend. Right. Mm-hmm. Great demo, by the way. It's really, mm-hmm. really inspiring showing this. You know, Vietnam is going to be the next uh, the area of concentration over the next couple of decades because those that's are going to be the only vets left. And that's what we're really focusing on. You know, we, we have our, our act that we've been doing kind of off and on for a couple of years. We're going to do it the first time at Sun and Fun. It's a Vietnam SAR Act. Very cool. uh, we got you know it's a down pilot situation. The caribou comes in, drops in some PJs, come try to rescue him, and then the Sky Raiders come in. The O2 finds the the, the bad guys. So and it's the, telling the, the whole story of Vietnam essentially. Vietnam, the the SAR. Yes. So so SAR is search and rescue. Yep. So one of the amazing things that happened in, in Vietnam, especially, is if some pilot was down and he called a mayday, the whole world stopped. Every asset, everybody in the area came in to help, no matter what they were, what branch, what their mission was right then. Everybody went to try to help get that guy I'll out. I'll be darned. And okay. that, that's the amazing thing uh, about it. And it's like we're not going to leave anybody behind. You know, we're, we're going to get them out. Yeah. And every effort was made to get every pilot and crew out of any situation that they could. And, and that's what, what's neat about our, our act is that, you know, we want to focus on that about how we do want to uh, rescue guys but it's, it's a feel-good story you know it's like hey this guy you know you know we're going to rescue him we're going to get him out of there and, and get him back home and and safe and sound you know and that's it, that's it's, cool it's a great, it's a, it's a great it's a story must tell story it that's, is absolutely sure. is. you know there's so, so many stories about different wars and all that everybody hears but they usually end bad there's something bad happened or whatever so right. you know we're, we're trying to show that that there's some good stuff that happens and some really you know again like i said feel good we uh we did the show uh, last year at Midland, and uh, and I, I get choked up about it. But we got a message from a guy that said, you know, my dad was shot down in Vietnam, and he was rescued through the SAR. Yes. He said, I never really understood what that was all about. And he, he said, now I know. He said, thank you all so much for doing that. I, I, I get it now. And so you know that that meant a lot. I, I read it to the whole crew that night after after the after the show, and uh, you know, that just makes this whole oh, everything that we're doing here. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I always tell guys that there's guys that did this stuff for real. Right. We're in the finest form of flattery is imitation, and right. that's what we're doing. We're trying to tell the story right. that that they did. You know, through whether it's whether it's fighters, whether it's Vietnam with the helicopters and the and the, o, right. the L's and O's and the Sky Raiders and stuff, but. That's that's really awesome. It's really good what you're doing. That's great. And you know, one of, one of the things that that we always ask here on the podcast is is our famous flying question. You know, yeah. if you can fly any airplane in history, duration of the gas bag. At the end of it, you gotta never fly again. I'm dying to know a man a man of as many type ratings and as much experience as you have. What on earth would Doug choose? Well, you know, it's kind of funny. I have I have one of the uh, one of the few guys that has the all makes and models yep. rating. So uh, I've flown a lot of airplanes. Flown over about 130 different types altogether. Probably P38. That's that's a that's it's a beautiful airplane. That's it really a beautiful is. airplane. I've always been intrigued by it. I've always liked flying it, or not flying it, but I always liked being around it and always yes. wanted to know what it was like to fly it. Yeah. 
So I always thought that that might be the the ultimate. That's and, a great and, choice. And there's not many of them around. Don't know if I'd ever have a chance to fly once. That that probably be what well. I if thought. anybody does have the chance, I'd I'd reckon I'd reckon it's probably going to be someone like yourself. Yeah. You know that uh, that'd that be nice. that's, you know and, and maintainers always make better pilots because we understand the systems right. a lot better. We well, can write intelligent squawks. I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, probably shouldn't say this live on the air or whatever, but anyway, is what uh, it is. So first time I check out a Corsair. All right. So uh, uh, Alan, Alan Henley checked me out, and he said, you know, when I was bringing it, we had to go to another airport due to the winds and, and, you know, wasn't suitable to our runway, so we went over to another airport. And he said, you know, it coughed on me once coming over. And I was like, really? He said, yeah. So uh, I was like, okay. So, you know, we got out there, and I, I took off, and just about the time I was ready to pick up the gear, the engine quit. I'm like, crap. So right away my mechanical part went in there. So I started playing with the primer, and it started running a little bit. Started pulling the mixture back. Started doing pulling power back, and I sat there playing with it, and got it running, you know, really smooth. And I thought, well, hell, you know, if I come back and land now, you know, and then I picked pick the gear up once I got it running smooth, and, and when it kind of went around, I thought, I don't know if I'm ever going to get a chance to fly a Corsair again because we're going to put this down. It was somebody else's Corsair. That's right. So. So I, I climbed up to about 5,000 feet and flew it for about an hour and a half, just right over the airport the whole time in case it quit on me, and finally came back in, pulled the carburetor, well, sent it go. out. So that's, and, uh, but once again, it. it's that mechanical mindset, and that's right. that, that quick mental twitch muscle that I always talk yeah. about. And uh, uh, knowing outside the box, fixing a problem yeah. by keeping it going outside the box. Yeah, I had an, another, for instance, like that, uh, one of my first Warbird gigs was working on T-33s. Okay. We were rebuilding for the Mexican Air Force in, down in San Antonio. And uh, we took off on a flight. I flew on all, in the back seat on all the te- test flights, and we took off and uh, went up and flew around and everything, and the gear wouldn't come down. So it's like, okay, great. So it took the little uh, crash axe deal that's up there for the canopy, and I beat the side out of the panel and reached in there and grabbed the, the release cable because it wasn't rigged properly and, it, and got the gear to come. The, the release cable let the uh, you know the, the the gear lock or whatever yeah, you know the the, 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 yeah well not the up locks but the gear handle. Oh, the gear handle. Okay. There, it, there's there's a deal on it where it could be put in backwards. And so I figured that's probably what happened. It wasn't one I worked on, but luckily. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I thought maybe that might be the problem. So I pulled that cable to, to release the handle, and sure enough, was able to put it down. So, you know, being a mechanic and flying the airplanes, you know the systems. You know, you you know w- how and to you play wouldn't know that if you didn't have worked on them and put right. time into it. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. So, so that's interesting. That That's really cool. And I, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about this oh, tonight. Oh, it's a lot of fun. We'll let you get back to your cocktail, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna bug the – we're gonna bug this guy over here for for a little bit. Mark over here, yeah, that's yeah. Right. I, I think I think we're gonna I think right. we're gonna uh, I think we're gonna beat him up for a little bit here. Right. So thanks, Gooder. Enjoyed it. Always a pleasure having right. you, my sure friend. Thing. So, anyways, our next our next guest is a, uh, a it's, he's a he's a very interesting character. But uh, Mark Todd, you guys have seen him. He's he's flown on several several different air shows and several different uh, yeah. He's uh, movies of all sorts, uh, both uh, adult and regular movies and. Uh, but we're not here to talk about that. We're, we're here to we're here to talk about a- aviation and flying. But uh, uh, a newly minted captain, <laughs> Mark Todd, and uh, thanks for coming on board tonight. Thanks for having me, Skater. Hey, it's not a problem. Not a problem. You know, it's we younger community. We got it. We got to stick together here in the in the Warbird industry. And and you've flown you've flown quite an impressive array of aircraft as well. And we're, I'm just kind of curious for a, for a gentleman like yourself. 
we're, we're kind of wondering what your story is. How did you get started in aviation and then transition to Warbirds? Well, it goes back to, uh, I guess as a kid, my dad, uh, he sent me to air shows. And uh, I was just, I was enamored by World War II airplanes yep. and by the, uh, you know, the, the sound of the, the Merlins, the round motors, uh, all the stuff. Took me to uh, a lot of CF air shows that came to the Metroplex. My dad was a uh, pilot himself. He's a private pilot. Uh, you know, he had a handful of airplanes over the years. Navion, Skymaster, L5s. Uh, stuff of the sort, and uh, ended up on a grass landing strip, learned how to fly, uh, you know, pretty young like most people did, and uh, I just always wanted to, I was always near by the Mustang. Now, I remember bought me a Mustang model and a Spitfire model as a really young kid, and it just stuck with me. We go to the air shows, the jets would fly and stuff, and they're cool and all that, but the Warbird stuff is where I was at, and I uh, started flying an L5 at a pretty young age, got my private pilot's license, certificate, whatever, and, and um Got checked out in Stinson, L5, L2, and uh, so you started in the L Elbert industry. Start Elberts, yeah. That's one thing that that Tobel and I like to uh, encourage several folks that you know you're not going to just step right into a to a Mustang or a Spitfire. And in the Elberts, the L bugs, for the lack lack of words, the war bugs, are an excellent alternative to get started in. Absolutely. I mean, we've had three in a family now, L5s that is, and that was just kind of one of the family airplanes along with the Navion. And uh, it was the first L- the first Warbird I ever flew, and uh, you know it was had no idea what it was going to lead to down the road, but uh, I'd go to air show. First air show I took the L five to was a Breckenridge air show. Okay. And I remember flying out there, and I thought I was I thought I'd hit the hit the the jackpot. You know, I fly through all this heavy metal out there, Howard Pardue, and all the other big names, and everybody out there, and you know just to fly the L five was such an amazing thing. And the dreams of flying the other stuff, I didn't know if it ever become a reality or not, but to be around it was just amazing. And, uh, you know, that was, I was, shoot, I was probably 19 years old then. And uh, fast forward, um, I got a T6 about 10 years ago and um, started flying it and started doing formation flying and started flying with Tora, 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 and uh, just led to other things and started flying more and more uh, aircraft, bigger and more powerful stuff. And, it's been it's been a quite a ride. So essentially, one of your one of your tickets, I should say, to higher, bigger, faster aircraft was the CAF as well. It was a volunteer organization. You know, it actually was. The CAF is a great is a great uh, uh, segue for that, and and even for the long term. I mean, it's it's been good to me. I'm still very active with the CAF, the Dixie Wing out in Atlanta. Um, you know, I was fortunate. It's kind of random. Actually, I'm here with the Kavanaugh Flight Museum. And it was at Kavanaugh Flight Museum that I met the Dixie Wing, and okay. it's kind of a long. It's a funny story, but uh, I was out there helping out with a volunteer at the at the at the Kavanaugh Flight Museum, and met the guys from Dixie Wing. They were out there looking at a project that was there, and and they weren't familiar with the whereabouts around the airport, and they asked where to get some uh, just a beer and a couple tacos, and told them, and ended up going with them, and hung out with them, and it led to ultimately flying the Dauntless and their Mustang and their P sixty three and. Along the way, I was hanging out with Kavanaugh, and over time, that worked out as well. So it just things kind of happen in a weird way sometimes. So essentially, being a being a good human being and working hard is is, is really paid off for you. Well, so I mean, you know, a little a little bit of desire goes a long way, you know. Yeah. And uh, I guess whenever someone's opened up an opportunity, I, I try to take advantage of it, you know, and show my interest and my uh, my desire to do such, you know. I understand. I understand. So I mean, you know, what what aircraft do you have as a as I should say type rating wise right now in Warbird industry? 
So I'm on Shelby right now. I guess uh, I got the Sky Raider, the uh, the Mustang, the P63, P39, and I just recently added the P40 to it. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So I did that last fall. Uh, actually, Tom Richard uh, kind of facilitated that. Doug asked me if I wanted to fly the museum's P40, and uh, you know, said, "Hey, just you know, go get a little, go get a little familiarity with it. Go fly with Tom." And went out and flew with Tom for about an hour just to kind of learn the ins and outs of it, and, and uh, did such. And next thing I was flying, uh, flying uh, Kavanaugh's P40. You know, it, it, it's it's always it's always the outside guy. There's a, we, right now we have uh, Jim Tobel, who's obviously drinking Monkey in Paradise Premium Vodka. Uh, messing with, and he said it was quite good. Yeah, it's it's and it's it is pretty good. tasty. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Alex and them do a good job distilling it. That's for sure. So, anyways, back to so your so your Sky Raider P forty P fifty one P thirty nine P sixty three. Man, that's it's so. Out of all those airplanes, do you do you have one that you prefer so far? Out of all the all the ones, there's only one right answer to this. Well, it's a, it's the one you're flying at the time. <laughs> that's, and that is the right answer. That is exactly the right answer. Um, you know, just being a being a one trick pony currently with the fifty one. That's 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 obviously that's obviously my bread and butter. But I mean, that's I've always admired, always loved the Sky Raider because my dad had a, ch- a chance to fly uh, Tom Friedkin's Dash Four, mm-hmm. and he said that he made the best landing that he's ever made ever in his life ever. Uh, uh, keep saying ever for the lack of words. Uh, he just brought it in, and he was like, I just kept going slower and slower, and the nose kept coming up and up and up. And he finally he was like, I looked at the looked at the airspeed indicator, and I'm doing 40 knots, and I can make the first turn off. And he goes, Oh, this is cheat mode. This is <laughs> this is this is just not fair. And everybody loves flying it. Everybody says that it's so responsive, and that's and you know, and and we love seeing we love seeing Wiley Coyote here. The the Dash Six you guys are flying. It's got a great story. Doug was telling us about oh, it yeah. earlier, and you know, I the the whole the whole Sandy history has always been a, a really interesting uh, dynamic for me. So it must be an honor to fly such a awesome Sky Raider. It really is. I mean, you know, then Wiley Coyote does have quite a bit of history. I mean, being the last uh, Sky Raider to have flown in Vietnam. I mean, it, it it's an amazing aircraft. It's uh, actually a very uh, I don't want to say easy aircraft to fly, but a uh, it's it, it's it's a lot more simple than I thought it would be. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a nice flying plane. I think I, I've been flying a Dauntless, the SBD Dauntless, for a little while. When I checked out in it, the guy that checked me out, Jim Buckley, our wing leader out there in Dixie Wing, said he goes, "You know what, Mark? You're going to make a really nice landing. Don't worry, it's not you." And, uh, <laughs> and I think you can you can send that on to the Sky Raider as well. It's a Douglas product. You know, it's it's robust. It's got you know the landing gear on. It's amazing. I mean, you got. It, I really haven't had a bad landing yet. I mean, and I, and I may, I've made some bad landings in my life. Watch, he's going to have you a what. bad landing tomorrow, Doug. That's going to yeah. happen. So, <laughs> but, it, well, but it, now, I mean, it, now it's now it's on. But so. I mean, it's an amazing airplane. It's a very nice flying plane. You know, Doug was was giving me a hard time because you know you're going to because I've been. I love the Mustang. That was my that was my dream airplane. It's and, a uh, stiff legged son of a gun, I man. I still love I still love the Mustang. Yeah. But Doug is you're gonna get that you're gonna get that, that Sky Raider, you're gonna wanna throw rocks at Mustang. Yeah. Well, maybe not rocks, maybe some pebbles, but uh, pebbles. But the Sky right. Raider, very, very, very soft. Yeah, very soft. Very pebbles. soft. But, but the Sky Raider is a is a, an amazing airplane to fly, and it's just it trims out so nice. It's so smooth. It's so comfortable. Nice cockpit. I mean, it's a, it's an amazing. Airplane. Everything's pretty much. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Like everything. I mean, even your canopy is what your canopy is electric. I mean, like it's, it's hydraulic it's accumulators. Hydraulic. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything is hydraulically boosted ailerons. Um, it's just a. It, 
it for such a I mean, heavy you've airplane. You've got armrests in there, cup holders. I mean, you've got all sorts of stuff. Oh yeah, just, you yeah, know, yeah, footrests, <laughs> you know, all kinds of stuff. No, but it, you know, it, it's it's laid out very nice, and it's just a very comfortable airplane. It's pretty predictable. It's got a big old wing on it. It's not the fastest airplane, but it, it does. It's very respectable with the power it's got. You know, we joke around. It's it's the only airplane that can make a thirty three fifty look small. I agree with that. I mean, yeah, you look at it, you look at it, people walk up and go, "Look at that little engine in front of there." That's not a small. That's twenty seven hundred horsepower up there. Yeah. Thirty three hundred fifty cubic inch engine. I mean, it's a it's an animal up there. And that big old airframe right, makes it look tiny. Yeah, it does. It's. It's a massive. When you look at look at the when the wings are folded, because when you guys park it, you fold the wings, and when you look at the superstructure, and when I say that, it's literally superstructure inside the wing. There, you're like, this belongs on a boat. Oh, <laughs> this this is some battleship stuff right here. I mean, this doesn't. I mean, Douglas Douglas just built a heck of a product. So oh can't yeah, say enough good absolutely. About the old Sky built like but, a uh, tank. Built like a tank, and uh, you know the, the the capability of that aircraft and what it did in the Korean War and the Vietnam War. It's amazing. And the way we fly today, at half the weight of what it was. Right. I mean, and so we use a lot less power, and it still has plenty of energy to do what you want to do. Absolutely. And, and when it. you guys, you know, and, and when, when Doug and I were talking about the reenactment you guys are doing today, which you you flew the Sky Raider in and. Uh, it's it really tells a good story. And, you know, the Sandys were one of those ones that uh, that the crucial part of the story that really helped out with close air support. And I mean, heck, it it did everything the A10s doing today. You know, uh, yep. I mean, and more. It's it's just one of those airplanes that can loiter forever. I mean, heck, two Navy guys downed a uh, MiG-17 with one back, you know, in the, in the early parts of the war. So, I mean, it's it's nothing to sneeze at either. You know, there's there's plenty of downed airmen that just when they saw a Sandy, they knew that help was on the way and that there was there was some hope ahead. You know, yeah. it, it did some amazing stuff, and, and there's many people that owe their lives to it and what yeah. it could do. I mean, it's it's a it's a fantastic so where do you, where, where do you see yourself in in five years with the with the Warbird industry? You, I mean, do you have a, a, what are your aspirations? I should say. Well, I mean, I've already exceeded them. I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's, you know, uh, I mean, it, the, the key is never peak, right? So. I know. I think uh, you know, going forward, you know, of course, when I originally got going, my dream was to fly a Mustang, and that was that was like, you know, and you get to that, and it's like, wow, I, I made it. I got here, and and then, uh, well, now I'd like to fly this. Now I'd like to fly that. Yeah. You know, what I mean, and I think. Every pilot out there always wants to fly a new airplane, and and uh, you know my list is still pretty long. I've gotten to do a lot of stuff, and and if, you know if it all ends tomorrow, you know if if uh, you know I can't fly for whatever reason, uh, I feel very accomplished and I feel very fortunate and uh, that I got to do what I got to do. But you know going forward, you know whatever I I would I I'm always happy to excited to fly something new and uh, whatever that is you know. Speaking of not flying again, so yeah. let's say theoretically you could fly any airplane from history. Yeah. Once again, duration of the gas bag, and you're going to surrender all your all your certificates at the end of it, and you can never fly again. What is what is Mark Todd going to fly? <laughs> you know, yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, you know, there's you know there's the P thirty eight, there's the Bearcat, there's uh, Spitfire, there's there's, uh, there's a there's a handful of them out there for sure. You know. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know. The the end-all, end-all, I mean, I said something earlier about the XB-70. It's not a – no, That a, would be cool. It's not It's not what, you know, the genre that I'm really into, but it is something that's yeah, always you're fascinated not, but me. you're not paying for the gas. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, to go, go Mach 3 and something that big that looks yeah. that cool would be pretty awesome. I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's that's up there. That's something that's always caught my – I've never been the jet guy that much. I mean, I'd love to fly an F-86 and all that, but um, – 
I, I guess that would probably be the most unrealistic that I would say. Yeah. Hopefully the other stuff might could be a possibility somewhere down the road. So does that but just make me the not. weirdo in the group that I want to fly a rocket plane like the X-15? Does that no, just make not yeah, at all. It's a, yeah, it's, I mean, no, it's, not, not, it's not even a radial engine. I mean, no. It's, <laughs> no it'd be, it's a North American product. We're going to just end it at that. It's like going Ricky Bobby. You want to go fast. That's right. Just go as fast as you can. <laughs> fast as you can, 46 seconds. That's all you get, dude. But that's all you get. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and especially for you know there's a lot of there's a lot of the younger generation coming up now in warbirds and and there's even more that are listening to this podcast that even one day will be sitting in our seat mm-hmm. soon and what would you say is like a a uh, encouragement for them what, what would be the next what, what would you have to say to the next generation that's coming up you know I would have to say that with general aviation right now, with the upcoming pilots and everything, I think that there's a lot of them that are caught up with the um, the technology, the the new cool stuff, the glass panels, the latest in the automation, um, you know, all that stuff. I think there's a lot of, uh, and that, and that's great going forward for where it's going. But I think that um, it's going to create a bigger gap for people that that want to fly, or, or for pilots that are going to want to fly a Stearman or a T6, or even progress into the Mustang or any of the other fighters and stuff. I think, uh, I think aviation as a whole is something that's a challenge these days with expense and, and um, you know, or just the exposure. You know, I'm sure when you were a kid, when Doug was a kid, when I was a kid, there was a lot more airports out there. You could walk up, you could touch them, you could watch For the sure. airplanes, you could meet the pilots, you could, you could get involved, you walk in a hangar. And uh, not to say that's not available today, but it's farther and fewer between. And so I think uh, more of the pilots you see today, they see it more of as a career, and they see uh, the gee whiz stuff of the latest generation. So I think that creates even a bigger gap for guys and gals that want to get involved with the vintage, with the historical aircraft, World War II, Korea, Vietnam. So I think, you know, there's museums out there. There's lots of opportunity out there. I think it's just finding... First of all, find something that's convenient for you. Find something that's nearby, something you can go get involved with. Um, you know, it may be something small, maybe something big. I don't know. You know, there's there's stuff all around, but find somewhere you can be a part of. And it may not be your end-all, end-all goal. They may only operate a, fire, a Fairchild or a Stearman or a T6. And, and, and for me, if I ever got past T6, that was fine at the time. I, that was an amazing thing to get to do. But you got to start somewhere. And there's plenty of people out there that embrace your desire to help out, to get dirty, to get your hands dirty, to learn how to do some fabric or turn wrenches or change oil or marshal an airplane. You know, just go find an airport that's got some of this stuff, this vintage stuff, um, airplanes and, and whatnot that, uh, that, that you can get involved with, and then just expand from there. You know, and, and, and that's a good point. You, there, there, there is a, a gap for the lack of words in there. And I think a gap filler, a really good gap filler, is museums like Kavanaugh. That's where you have Absolutely. the opportunity to go get your hands dirty, to get up close and personal with some of the some of the most amazing aircraft you can, and learn doping fabric and learn how to buck rivets. And I mean, hey, you're going to have to sweep the floors occasionally too. But so is Doug. Doug's not going to delegate any job that we, he wouldn't do know, himself, right? Well, that's the so. thing. We all, I mean, we're not above anything. This is, we're a team. We're a team effort in this. This, just, this stuff doesn't just happen. Planes are just going to show up at an air show. They don't just show up or, or they're just ready to go and. 
it's not like a, a 152 or a 172 or something. You, I mean, there's a lot of effort that goes into this stuff. Right. I mean, whether it's a Mustang or something like a Skyrider that, that originally had, like, a team of people to get, get it going. Um, you know, whether you're a pilot, a mechanic, or want to do both, I think uh, there's, a, there's a need for both, both a lot. I mean, uh, people are interested in it. The tough thing is, you know, the money, you know, people go for the money as far as a career goes, and they, they follow the corporate, the airline stuff. But, you know, as far as the, the hobby or just the passion or whatever, there's lots of opportunity out there, and there's a lot of need. And, you know, you come across some of these older guys, and maybe they seem a little um, rough around the edges, but, you know, don't let that scare you off. You know, go out there and show up and show uh, show interest, yeah. and, and that will break down that barrier if there is a barrier. You know, some places are more open to arm than others, but... You know, these guys, take they take a lot of passion. They take a lot of pride in these aircraft. There's like children to them. I mean, you know, you go spend a year or two or ten or whatever it is working on it, and you watch it take off, and you watch it come back. There's a sense of pride that goes with that. And they don't want anybody just turning a wrench on it, that anybody. They want someone that really takes uh, interest in it and takes care and, and, it's, and it's part of them. So, um, you know, just go get involved. I mean, right. you know, and I think most of us and most of the guys in Warbirds, they, they embrace anybody that has an interest. No, and I and I agree with that. So, I mean, and another thing I'm big on is is find a mentor of some sort, right? Try to find one, two, or a handful of individuals that can serve as a as as a I don't want to say father figure, but that but that what you aspire to be, or maybe just a quality that they have to aspire to be. Like, I can ask, who is your inspiration? Man, I tell you what, my inspiration was probably uh, it was probably uh. uh my buddy Lanny and uh, his dad, uh, Lanny Parcel and Bob Parcel, because okay. I grew up out there, the airport as a kid, and, and uh, Bob actually has three airplanes in the uh, Air Force Museum, and uh, he was a crusty old guy, and you know he, he probably cussed me quite a few times and ran me off, but uh, as I grew up and I got older, um, I became kind of like a second son to him, and uh, Lanny as well, he became a good friend, a good mentor, and you know, so when I was younger, I thought, he, you know, he's kind of a jerk and whatnot, but... Um, as time went on, it's because I realized he had a passion for this stuff. And he took a lot of pride, and I learned a lot from him in the latter part. And I wish, you know, I learned a little bit more when I was younger, but he, he was a great, I look back, he was a great mentor. Yeah, okay. And, uh, you know, and there's guys, there's a lot of guys out there like that. And the unfortunate thing is a lot of these guys are getting older, and, and they're not around as much. And, yeah. uh, you know, we gotta we got to take advantage of it while they're still here and learn from them. And uh, and learn to you know learn to, to appreciate the aircraft, learn how to work on them, learn how to you know operate them, all that stuff. So yeah, I got you. Cool, man. Well, hey, it, it's always we'll, we'll cut it we'll we'll cut it here in just a little bit. But yep. thank you as always for coming on and talking to us, absolutely and sharing, sharing your wisdom, sharing the next step. I should say, this is this is the message we're trying to get out and, and spread. And um, you know, thank you guys as always for for downloading our stuff. And keep in mind, you can get us on on iTunes, airpowerpodcast.com, anytime. That's our, we're uploading them to the to the website anytime. If you guys want our merchandise, QS merchandise or QSmerch.com, we're selling uh, official team shirts there. And uh, by all means, check out it's Kavanaugh Air Museum. Is that uh, what's your guys' website? Kavanaugh Flight Museum. Okay, it's Kavanaugh. Uh, Calflight.org. Calflight.org. Check them out if you're in the Midwest. Go there and and uh, see what you can do, and see if you can expand your horizons in the warbird industry in the in the Midwest. And as always, guys, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for uh, your support, and we will see you the next podcast. Uh, in about uh, well, we're gonna do it in a couple more days. We're just gonna start cranking these things out a little more. So as always, thanks for thanks again. <laughs>